Welcome to Side Conversations of Marketing, Management, and Money. Yes, our podcast is all things small business, but in these side conversations, we deviate a little bit and we might go into politics, religion, social, economics, or health, whatever we feel like talking about. So if you're interested in learning a little bit of our take on other issues, welcome to Side Conversations. So welcome everyone. We're going to uh, talk today in this sideline uh, conversation a little bit about travel and uh, do's and don'ts of maybe travel. <laughs> oh, we're now travel advisors. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people travel for business and or marketing events and all kinds of stuff, but I think there's food paw mistakes that people make and we ought to talk about it. Uh, okay, but so before you uh, before you get too carried away, uh, I want to find out. You just got back from Rome. <laughs> I did, and I want to find out how your trip was. So we don't have to tie this into all fancy, you know, do's and just just how was your okay. trip? Uh, amazing. Rome is amazing. If you haven't been to Rome, you have got to put it on your bucket list. Um, just absolutely. I mean, Europe in general is so different than the United States, and so if you if you get opportunities to go to Europe, you need to take them because the culture, the environment, everything is so don't just different. It's amazing. I mean, you've been over to Europe a few times. You know what I'm talking I, about. I, I have. I'm actually, I'm headed to, uh, uh, I'm going to hit Paris and Frankfurt in a month. And so, so you're going to uh, go into Paris and then train up to Frankfurt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I actually, um, I'm going to fly into the, uh, I, I'm going to fly into Paris Spend a couple of days. I'm all on business. Yours was, you know, your, yours was for fun, didn't you? You you took your family over and yeah, pure yeah. pleasure. Yeah, so I'm on business. Uh, I'm gonna hit a couple things while I'm there. Haven't decided exactly what I'm gonna hit, but you know, looking forward to it. It's been about three years uh, since I uh, since I was in Europe. Uh, I was there three years ago, and uh, before that, it was oh, it was a while. So. You know, I've, I've been there a few times. I actually lived over in France uh, for a period of time. Yeah, I remember that. And, and so, um, you know, that but, definitely counts for something. And by the way, the, the Paris airport was the worst one I dealt with. <laughs> Just saying. The Charles, what is it? Charles, Charles de Gaulle. Yeah, de Gaulle. Yeah. Uh, is it, that one is a nightmare. So just anyone who's flying into Paris, good luck. <laughs> Good. I, I am flying in, but uh, I suspect that you were like transferring from there since I was. Yeah. See, I'm I'm just touching down, and that's uh, I was able to score a direct flight from Salt Lake City to yeah. Paris. So I'm I'm kind of excited that it's not going to be that long. It it'll be nice. But okay, I want to hear about your trip, like not the airport. So we um, so we spent uh, actually seven days in Rome, and a lot of people go, "Why do you spend that much time?" But if you really want to see and understand a culture, you need to spend time there. I'm not I'm not a traveler where I like to just uh, one day here, one day there, and just feel like I'm travel exhausted. So it's kind of nice that, you know, we spent a whole day in the Colosseum and the Roman Forum, Palatine Hill, mm-hmm. just seeing everything and enjoying the, the history of it. It's just, and everything is so old. It's just amazing, you know. And, you know, we have a lot of old things in, in, in you know, in the United States, but it's, different you know yeah it's just different and so you know that coliseum you know i mean that's you know zero bc ad whatever you want to put it in right there zero (laughs) zero (laughs) so it's i mean it's amazingly old and you know a lot of it's you know what are just fractures of what actually existed but amazing yeah 
uh, spent a whole day just in the Vatican. Man, that place is, St. Peter's Basilica is just uh, phenomenal, man. Just, you could spend hours just looking at every different piece of artwork and murals and statues in there. Just crazy cool. See, I, I feel like everyone thinks that, you know, people a few hundred years ago were all just, you know, like barely crawling out of the cave era. I'm like, no, they, they, they were artistic. They were, you know, very, very cultured, you know, loved the same things we love today. You know, they want to laugh and play and, you know, and yeah. do exciting things. And, and I think we just have this idea that everyone was just serfs and they just survived up until the point that technology came around to make our lives wonderful. And I'm like, no, no, like they, they had technology back then. They had things they did. Yeah, and it was... Um you know, when you when you look just at the the height of the Roman era, uh, right there, you know, on that bridge in between the the late BC, early AD era, um, what they did with the Colosseum and the, I mean, just the Roman form. I mean, I can't even. I bet there's thousands of columns that they had raised, and just the technology to do that was uh, amazing. I mean, it would be a feat for us to do that today, let alone back then without any of the technology that we have today and heavy equipment that we use to right. build things, you know? So right. just so impressive. So, so impressive. But. So, so did you run into any problems? Any, uh, you know, like you were there with your daughters. Uh, yeah. Did, did yeah. they have, you know, guys hitting on them or, uh, you know, people try and steal stuff from you? Like, <laughs> I, I want to hear the good side. Come on, let's, let's no. make this more exciting. Okay. So here's, here's the we didn't have any problems of course you know if you look at me if i'm not smiling i'm an old grouchy curmudgeon so no one really is going to give me too many problems but um i've also learned that in bigger cities not just europe because i'm not going to isolate it to europe um even though everyone says petty theft in rome is rampant we never had any problems whatsoever but not that you know of yet. Uh, yet. At least anything that has value <laughs> they, to me, I still have in my pocket. So. They, they stole your credit card, got the number off of it, put it back in your wallet, put it back in your pocket. You didn't even know anything happened. That would be very impressive. That would be. Like, they, they earned it. <laughs> exactly. If they can do that, they earned it. So, um, so we didn't have any problems like that. But I'm also, you know, I've been in a number of places like that, uh, Mexico City, England, London, things like that. So I'm just hyper, hyper alert. Um, I, I act like I'm hyper alert, which Dawson makes it so you're not a target. They're not going to mess with you if you look like you're paying attention to everything that's going on around you. Yeah. So that's, if you want to avoid petty theft, just always turn your head, look at things, look behind your back occasionally, just, uh, and they'll never bother you whatsoever. So, it just, so okay. So now, now. I want to find out. We're, we're, we're going to expand a little bit. Best and worst places that you visited. Ooh, best and worst places. Um, the Coliseum was amazing. Of course, we snuck out to the beach, and I'm a beach fan, so I love oh. the Sea. <laughs> and it's warm this time of year, by the way, too. And it was weird because we were in T-shirts, and, uh, you know, it, it was 60 degrees there on average, but everyone's in coats and scarves and like it's freezing and we're just like this is amazing because you know coming from utah when we flew back in you know it was 22 degrees uh -huh. so uh much much warmer there so we um but that that was amazing the the fountains in rome are ah oh, just amazing pictures don't do it justice period 
The one, I guess the one that I was kind of disappointed a little bit in was uh, the Sistine Chapel. Um, the artwork okay. is amazing, but, and to see the, you know, the uh, mural on the ceiling, you know, the hand of God uh, type stuff was, that was cool. But the Sistine Chapel, you can't, it's not like St. Peter's Basilica. It's not this beautiful, gorgeous church or chapel or cathedral that exists. It's, I don't know if they build over it. I should have done more homework on, on just that one alone because I've been curious since then, but it, it just looks like a brick building. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't stand out and it's right in the middle of the Vatican mixed in with all their other brick buildings with their museum and other stuff. You, you don't know what it actually exists. Not like St. Peter's Basilica when you, I mean, it's, it's an iconic piece. If you get anywhere in Rome above uh, the buildings that, you know, where you can see, and there's no skyscrapers there. So it's, like a lot of European cities, they go about five stories high and they just flatten out, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the flan- landscape's flat. Um, um, but so you can see across, but the Basilica, if you're high, you can see it from anywhere in the city. It's, it's obvious. So, so that makes me think about uh, when I went and saw the Mona Lisa for the first time. Oh yeah. It's not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there, you walk past all this amazing artwork, you know, just, just, beautiful artwork and you're yeah. kind of in a rush you, you feel like it's disneyland trying you know trying to get on the ride first and so you're just like flying past just amazing artwork yeah. to stand in this crowded line to look at a painting that you're like i i mean i can't paint that and it is a work of art i'm not going to try and downplay that but not not that cool you know well some of them because the artists were so popular and have a couple artwork pieces that are amazing. All their other work, which is actually nearly not that beautiful, still gets high value and credit. Mm-hmm. And that's the disappointing thing that you find in Europe is that there are other artists that are unknown that honestly the artwork is more impressive. Yeah. But, you know. Well, okay, so this one's not Europe, but uh, I went to the, oh, do they call it the Met or the Map there in New York City? Oh, it's the Metropolitan Museum of Fine Art. Yeah. I forget what the acronym is that they have for it. Anyway, so they've got George Washington crossing the Delaware. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, first off, that picture kind of cracks me up because, you know, you look at, like, the the white cap. You know, artistic liberty, sure, right? Anyway, that painting, and the way they've got it set up is wonderful. You walk through and all of a sudden you turn corners, just like, oh. And it really, literally took my breath away when I saw it. It was so gorgeous and set up so well. Uh, that's probably been the single most, uh, you know, impressive experience I've had in an art museum. Uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. That was yeah. great. And I'm, they had a really nice art gallery. Well, there's multiple in Rome. Probably one of my favorite, though, because it was so diverse. It was the, uh, and I'm not going to get the name right, but it's uh, Burgess. Um, not familiar. B-U-R-G-H-E-S-E. And the G being silent, so Berhesi or Berhes. Um, it, that one was one of my one of my favorite. We spent uh, an early evening there, um, and there's a huge garden that surrounds it. That's pretty impressive. Um, but it had had uh, where like the Vatican museums are solely focused on a Christian religion. A lot of artwork tied to and around Christ and biblical events, mm-hmm. um, which is which is fine and I enjoy them, but it was almost overwhelming because that's it just felt like there was a lot of that um, where a lot of the other museums were very diverse in what they did. My, yeah, my poor girls, they're 
now educated on human anatomy because <laughs> there's no shortage of nudity in art over there. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I do feel, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they say that, you know, medieval or Renaissance art is just porn. I should say Renaissance, not medieval. You know, Renaissance art is porn. And I'm like, hmm. No, I've seen porn and I've seen Renaissance art, and they're yeah. very different. Yeah. It, it, they are di- they are different, um, but there's you know both on the male and the female uh, side of figures and art. I mean, there's always something exposed in one way or another, but it's not it's not in a provocative way. So, and I think that's the difference how they coin it is just because of the nature of what it is, but. Um, yeah, one, one hall we were in, it was, I don't know, there must've been 15 nude guy statues and my poor girls didn't know how to quite, you know, and they're young teenagers coming from a, you know, conservative lifestyle or background for the most part, you know, we're rural in, in many ways you could put. So it's right. <laughs> poor things, but by the end that, you know, we try to say, look, you have to enjoy it for what it is in the art side of it because um, it is just amazing. I mean, what they did with some of the stone stuff was just so phenomenal. I don't know how they. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so like I said, for me, uh, I've got a trip coming up. Uh, going to be heading over to France and Germany, and I don't know. Haven't haven't decided what I'm going to do. I uh, I'm trying to trying to figure it out. I am going to go to the Musée d'Orsay. Uh, I've never been there. Uh, you know, I've caught most of the highlights in Paris. Um, you know, I actually lived there for a period of time, but never made the Musée d'Orsay, so kind of excited for that one. I don't know what to do in Frankfurt. I asked one of my friends who spent a decent bit of time in Germany, and he's like, drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> guess, guess I'm going to, you know, travel halfway across the globe to uh, drink beer. Well, and I, this is what I would tell anyone who's looking to go to Europe is read, 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 and read some more. And not only about places and things maybe you want to see, but just about what's going on in those countries. Because, um, you know, like we were on, uh, here's, this will be a fun story for you and anyone else who understands Rome. So inside of Rome, the the public buses are really good. I mean, the public transit's amazing there, Mm -hmm. but you do have to have a ticket. And so, I mean, you could, we could buy, you know, a dollar fifty, or it's like, I guess euros, a dollar fifty euros, which is pretty close to the dollar. So I always dollar fifty euros. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one fifty euro. I don't know how yeah. you say it. Dollar <laughs> fifty. Yeah, I got to get rid of the dollar fifty euro. Huh? It's <laughs> incredible. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, so you could buy bus tickets fairly cheap, and they would, and the ticket was last for a hundred minutes. So you could ride on the buses for a hundred minutes before it'd kick you off. Inside the city center, just everything I read about buses and trying to understand them and how to connect and where they go, uh, everyone kept saying, look, validate your ticket, validate your ticket. Otherwise, these um, bus cops will just hammer you. Mm-hmm. And and if your ticket's not validated, they have no sympathy whatsoever. It's right. a fine. And and it's like a $50, 50-euro fine on the spot and 100 if um, you want to pay later. So... Um, Inside the city center, I guarantee you, within two stops, bus cops came on and just started tickets, tickets, tickets. And they were pretty clever because as soon as they saw that you had a ticket that wasn't validated, they didn't say, your ticket's not validated. They said, uh, I need to see some ID, your passport or some ID. And so you would hand them the ID, and then they would say, your ticket's not validated. 
And so you have two options to pay it now or pay it later, but they have your passport or your ID. You, you don't have an option now to just run. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So they've figured out how to, to really corner you on there. But yeah, we had uh, every day one poor girl came on and because the buses have multiple doors that come in. So it's not like you have to go past the little machine up front to validate your ticket. You could come in the back door and just sit down and the bus driver doesn't know or care either way. That's why they have the bus cops. But mm-hmm. um, but. It was, uh, yeah, she got hammered the very next day sitting on there. A family of four adults came on. None of them had validated any of their stuff, and they'd been on a couple different stops. And, um, man, I, and we were sitting towards the back. We had to go through, man. It was a huge fight, man. They brought more uh, bus cops on because it was getting pretty heated. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) But, yeah, he's like, no, it's 50 euros per person. So there's 200 euros because you didn't validate five, five euros worth of tickets. Yeah. Was, oh, man, we just amazing. So I'm really glad I read a lot about everything, public transit and everything like that when you go into a different country to better understand it. Because little things like that are what, what make or break your trip. You know, you have one bad experience for not validating a ticket, and that whole trip is ruined. So... I, uh, I had a buddy, uh, I told him that I'm, you know, heading to Germany and he's like, oh, I used to go to Germany a lot for work. And, uh, I'm like, how many times have you gone? He's like, I think it went eight times. I'm like, yeah, wow. that's, that's, that's a good amount of time. And, uh, and so I'm asking him a little bit about it, you know, just his experience being an American over there in Germany. And he's like, you know how you hear the Autobahn has no speed? He's like, no, it has a speed limit. <laughs> and they will track you down. So what happened was uh, his, his, the guy that, so they went one time, they rented a, a yeah. vehicle. The guy that he was with was driving. Ends up doing, uh, I believe it was 140 kilometers per hour, and uh, which was fine for a section of it. But then it dropped down to like, uh, you know, it was like 80 kilometers an hour, 100 kilometers an hour, something like that. And so it drops down pretty abruptly, and he still just flies through it. Oh. And they uh, just, it was just a, a camera, snapped mm-hmm. the camera, and uh, he got the, you know, he got the, uh, the check in the mail, as it were. Oh. So they sent it to him international. They didn't care where he was from. They're just yeah. like, look, you, uh, you were speeding, and boom, here's the fee. Pay it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, and especially if you plan on coming back because you get entered into a database. It's not like you're getting back into that country or getting uh, away with not paying it, and it's probably fines on top of that afterwards when you if you ever plan on going back. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, Rome trip was uh, fantastic. Had a great experience, uh, just amazing things. Um, visited just so many amazing things. Would go back in, in a heartbeat. Um Next time, I think we'll we'll build a little bit different and do a couple of days in Rome and then go up to Venice and Florida and Milan because their their trains are pretty fast. Um, I just didn't want to have to deal with the logistics of trying to do hotels at every place and all the trains and uh, with you know my family um, gets a little bit more complex when you have multiple people with you. But there are four of you, right? Yeah, there's four of us. Yeah. So I now that I understand a little bit more because you've been there, done it, um, I could see that I could probably do it a little bit easier and build in a few more things, but uh, Italy is amazing. Yeah, get a chance, make sure it's on your bucket list. So <laughs> so coming home, every or going there and getting there and around Rome and everything, just flawless. Hardly any glitches about anything. A few small ones here or there that were pretty minor. Um, uh, overall, an amazing trip. Coming home, the morning we check out of our hotel, um, 
Sure enough, I get down there, go to check out. Okay, thanks. You can't leave yet. You owe us money. What do you mean I owe you money? I paid it for everything. We have a city tax. You can't leave until you pay the internal city tax. Okay. Hand in my credit card. Has to be cash. Oh, okay. I can see this is on whatever else to look and do a few things. Sure enough, I just quickly enough, I could see that there was an inside of the, inside of Rome, there's a wall and I don't remember what they call it, but it's kind of an inner wall that was an old Roman wall. Inside of that is the main city and inside of there, any hotel has a city tax. So, okay, great. So how do I pay cash? Because I've, you know, we you know, purposely used our euros up so that by the time we were leaving, we had very little. And it was like $4, four euros per person per day. So it was like 112 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. So, okay, great. So that's, and, you know, and we're trying to make it to an airport for a noon flight. And all of a sudden I'm ding, dealing with this one. All right, well, there's an ATM down over around over here. So I take off, go to the ATM, get it, come back. All right, good. Go to the bus that I had scheduled. Well, I had screwed up the schedule on the bus um, somehow. So the bus is like, no, 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 you made this reservation. So this reservation has to be used for that reservation only. So if you want to ride this bus right now, you're going to have to pay us again. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but that's not what I said. Um, so sure enough, we pay that. We get to the airport. And everything we had booked through was through Delta. So we go naturally just to the Delta counter. And Delta's like, oh, no, 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 no. You've, your flight to, because we had a, from Rome to Paris to Chicago home. So your connecting flight is with Air France. You need to go to Air France. It's in a whole nother terminal. Oh, crap. Grab everything, book 15 minutes over, get into the other terminal. Um, Thank heavens no one was there. So it went fairly quick. But then the lady goes, we have a problem. You're, the flight that you're scheduled on it has delays, and the delays are going to be long enough that you won't make your connecting flight. So I'm like, okay. So she goes, I'm going to see if I can't reroute and schedule you. Okay, great. Thank you. Sure enough, she reschedules us and kicks us onto a, an American Airlines flight at noon um, that's directly to Chicago. So I'm thinking, oh, this is even better. I, you know, I miss it. Uh, miss that one that one additional stop. So even though it, by the time it was done, I still got me home the same time, just mm-hmm. how things worked out. So great. So we go back over to the other terminal because that's where American Airlines is at because all the European ones are kind of one terminal and some of the international ones fly out of a different terminal. So we take and plug everything back over to the other terminal, get in, go through, check it all in, finally get there, you know, get there with about 10 minutes to spare for the flight. And when they say they're going to start to load and, so, you know, about 30 minutes when they're loading, uh, they're not doing much. And you just see all the, all the reception desk people just on phones like crazy. And the flight crew then shows up about that time, but they're standing out. They don't actually go through and go into the plane. They're standing out and I'm just thinking something's going on. Well, about 30 minutes after we were supposed to leave, they say, yeah, um, your flight's canceled. We, uh, some people who were supposed to be on the flight, your flight attendants, et cetera, are sick. And we have to have a certain number by rules, by FFA legislation or guidelines or regulations to actually fly. So we can't be short of stewardess or whatever it is. I don't know, maybe it was a pilot. I don't know. They didn't say. but So they're short. So it gets canceled. So we're like, okay, great. So I'm like, okay, if you're going to cancel this one, then I'm going to go back to, to Delta and say, look, yeah, I booked through you guys, fix this, and go. So we... <laughs> Go back, pick up all of your bags because you got to go back and reclaim all your bags, go through all of that. And I mean, and, and this just goes on and on like this all day long. And 
finally we, they get it. And so they say, all right, look, we got a flight going out later today into Paris. We'll put you up in a hotel that night and then your flight will be in the morning. Well, the flight into Paris is like at eight o'clock at night. So you don't get into Paris till 10, 10 30. And, um, which was kind of cool because it, as they shifted us around, you know, I thought, you know, they did what I thought just scatter us across the plane. We weren't together as a family anymore, but all of my girls got window seats. Mm-hmm. So as we flew into Paris, they got to see the Eiffel tower at night above all lit up sparkling and everything. It was, so they were super happy about that, but we get into the Paris airport and they have, and I didn't, and I don't know what it is about France, but everyone in France was young and beautiful that were helping you. Mm-hmm. Italy, they were just across the board. So you get in, there's all these young girls and you're like, you guys even old enough to work here? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know, I need to be connected to Delta because I've got to make arrangements for some other stuff and, and Air France as well. Cause they told us once we get here to go to their desk and they'll give us the hotel arrangements that they made. Oh, everyone's closed. What do you mean everyone's closed? Yeah, there's no one around here anymore. It's 10 o'clock at night. They all went home like at 3 o'clock. I'm like, well, do you, is there a hotel close on uh, around here? Oh, yeah. So go down over this way, blah, blah, blah. So after, I don't know, 30 minutes of wandering through a huge airport, we finally find this hotel that's tied to the airport. And they're like, we don't have a reservation for you. I'm like, oh, great. So can you tell me where I maybe can find some information? Well, you need to go to their desk. Anyway, so we finally, eventually, now it's midnight, we find the desk. And then from there, they, the lady says, oh, yeah, we'll make all these arrangements. And each time you go to someone, especially the flight people, which was super frustrating, is you have to tell, it's not like they have your history logged in a computer anywhere. You have to tell the whole story again. They reconfirm everything again. And like anything, they always, first thing they ask for is passports. Mm-hmm. So you give passports, which means you're handicapped to them because I can't leave her there, um, which was really interesting about some of that European travel. Everybody asked for your passports, you know, and held them. That's the first thing they asked for. And if you don't want to give it, they don't want to help you. So they, they control your life. But so we finally, after another long catching, then wandering back through the airport, find this little train thing, get into a um, hotel about one o'clock that morning with a flight the next morning at 10. So we get back to the airport, you know, at seven in the morning. Um, and, now this has been, you know, three or four days of just stress and hardly any sleep and great. Can I even get my family home? And you have work obligations that you didn't plan on in this and kids are being drug out of school. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, but yeah. So then, um, eventually we, we do make that flight by a miracle because when we, when we went to the main Delta line, it was, it was a mile long and I'm just like, there's no way, there's no way. Cause it was not moving. So I, went up to like the sky priority line with, there was no one there. And I says, Hey, they've here. He's like, Oh, okay. I mean, I hate to say I lied, but, um, I didn't know what else to do. So sure enough, we go through and, and even by going through the short line, I can't believe how slow everything was in France. Just no rush for anything, uh, shorthanded on everything, hardly, you know, any people working anything, um, Italy, the, the Rome airport, we didn't have a problem fast, went through everything, just lots of people. Matter of fact, there was always people just standing around. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but France, it seemed like there was a shortage of everything and I don't know why, but we weren't required to wear masks in the airport. Really? Yeah. Um, now most people did, but, but we were around workers who weren't wearing masks. And if on a few occasions I've 
had my mask off because we were having a conversation, forgot to put it on and pass people. They didn't say anything to me, which was really interesting. Even on the flights, I still had to. Um, but um, that was kind of interesting to me. But um, so, yeah, we finally get on the flight, you know, and you, and you never f- sleep on an airplane, not real well. So by the time you get back and home and then get home and two days later, I have a bunch of family coming into town for Easter and you're trying to get ready for that. And so... You know, it was just so much going just back to back to back to back that um, I just haven't caught up on the sleep yet, man. Yeah. Oh. So on my trip, I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to decide how how crazy I want to go with, you know, pushing the sleep. Yeah. Because, so I leave, what, 2 o'clock on Saturday and get in at like 8 a.m. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, I've got all of Sunday in Paris and I don't have any meetings. So why would you want to sleep? Why would you want to sleep? Yeah. But I'm going to be going on airplane sleep, and that'll be it. So I would tell you, in hindsight, looking at it now, and I knew this, and I don't know why I didn't do this sooner, but on that longer flight, I wish I would have taken a sleeping pill just so I could have picked up four to five hours. So hmm. I, I wouldn't have got much more than that, um, but a sleeping pill, I think, would have got me at least four hours, uh, maybe five um, and that would have been a huge difference because, you know, for us, we flew into Amsterdam. We got there like 8 o'clock in the morning, connecting flight, and get into Rome around noon. By the time you go through the bus and get to your hotel and checked in everything, you know, it's 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And right. at that point in time, you're like, well, I don't want to go to bed now because I'll be up at 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you, you fight through that one. So you're pretty exhausted. But I slept pretty good that first night because you just, you've, you know, you've been going for 48 hours. Yeah. No yeah. sleep, you know. It's, uh, it's amazing your body can do that, even though towards the end of that day, you could feel your body starting to crash. Shutting down. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to push hard, but there's another part of me that I'm like, oh, do I want to burn out literally the first day? And no. then I'm always playing I, catch up. If, if, you'll just, if you'll just plan on that, on that flight, your normal time, um, when you get on the flight about 4 or 5 o'clock, just take a sleeping pill. Um and then you'll wake up, you know, an hour or two before you land because it's probably a 10-hour flight. I've never taken a sleeping pill. Either have I. But I know a lot of people who do, and I wish I, and that's why on my way home, I was thinking, oh, man, I wish I would have, if I'd have been smart, I would have just bought a few sleeping pills and um, just to, so I could crash on the airplane because that would have been a huge difference for me because um, what else am I going to do, you know? Right. You can watch movies, but who cares? Yeah. I after a while, even that gets a little bit monotonous and you can read a book and, but that's, you know, if the flight's not smooth and you're doing this all the time, you know, then it's reading's tough. And, but, uh, so if you can get a window seat and just take a, even if it's like a melatonin or something like that to just make you a little bit more lethargic and sleep for a few hours, you could go hard all day Sunday. And, uh, I should try melatonin. Yeah. Yeah, take a high dose of melatonin or something like that. And then, because uh, so if, if you'll pick up a few hours on there. Yeah, that's all I need. I just need yeah. enough to take the edge off. I kind of want to be tired when I show up. Not so tired that it's painful or yeah, but, distracting, yeah. but just tired enough that I'm like, oh, hey, I'll actually sleep tonight. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, because so. otherwise you'll be going pretty hard for 48 hours. And, and actually going there was an easier adjustment for me than coming back. 
I'd prefer it that way because, you know, yeah. I, I'm not in Europe every day. Yeah. And so I can, I can adjust my work schedule. I can, you know, yeah. rearrange appointments if I'm just not feeling good. Right. You know, that's not a big deal. But there, it's yeah. like. Yeah, if, going, going there was, was easier than coming home. See, and. It's in, taken me, I'm probably on four or five days now that I still feel slightly out of balance. I yeah. didn't. I didn't feel any of that there, and I don't. Maybe it's just because I'm back in my routine, so I notice little differences. Where there, there's so much going on, and you're just the city is just amazing in so many ways. And as you're looking at logistics and how to get here, that your brain is doesn't have time to th- think about the normal stuff. Sure, it's adrenaline. I mean, yeah, it's you know you don't think of adrenaline. You think of adrenaline as like fight or flight. You know, someone's threatening your life mm-hmm. or something. But uh, you know, you, you're just you're overly stimulated. You look at little kids, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like Christmas and oh, yeah. they just party hard, party hard, no sleep. And then all of a sudden, boom, oh. they're out. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, let's, let's be done being chatty and uh, let's, let's jump into uh, getting some, some episodes done. So if you, if you enjoy these side conversations, uh, you know, we just, we just kind of talk about whatever, But uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you want the meat of what we actually talk about, then join us for some of our episodes. Thanks, Thanks, guys.